Oh, hello there. This is John Halleen from the podcast Magic and Hash. The episode you're about to listen to is very funny, but the time we recorded, I had no idea that neither Tim or Sid had ever heard of Hearthstone, didn't know it had been around since 2013, and had no clue that they were high as fuck. That's a lie. I knew that they were high. But anyway, armed with this knowledge, I think it makes a very good episode, even funnier. So please, enjoy. I love how you mispronounce your own name. That's great. That's yeah. <laughs> funny. What's happening? Man, you know what I hate doing, Sid? Taking solid shits. And ever since I started eating these Jimmy Dean breakfast bowls, I don't have to worry about that. They've been loose as hell. And I think that's a positive. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, with Jimmy Dean breakfast bowls, one thing's for sure. Your poos will both be soft, but you'll also be really constipated. See, in a Jimmy Dean breakfast bowl, we take 27 distinct animal parts from different animals and mix them in with hearty potatoes and melty cheddar cheese. Which cheese is also an animal product. I love that there's bacon, sausage, pork sausage, chicken sausage, uh, pepperoni for some reason. Uh, we got chicken. There's there's six forms of guinea pig. Uh, there's some sort cooey. of... It's called It's called cooey if it's meat. Yeah, so... I'm really I'm all for the uh, Jimmy Dean meat lovers breakfast bowl because there's nothing like some good old heartburn at seven in the morning. I need to be like my heart. If it's not burning me, I don't I don't like it, Sid. Coming soon from Jimmy Dean breakfast bowls, Fundido Del Lago. Have you ever wanted to eat? The bottom of a lake for breakfast. Well, with new Jimmy Dean breakfast bowls, Fundido Del Lago, that's exactly what you'll do. We've taken 15 of the most delicious animals from the ocean and fresh water and put them into a bowl with hearty potatoes and melty cheddar cheese. Who said seafood isn't for breakfast? Get... Jimmy Dean, Fundido Del Lago today. Manatee? No. Sea hamburgers is what I say. Oh, you know what goes great with uh, hamburgers? Comet Cola, man. Fucking a Comet Cola. This shit's insane. When I'm drinking Comet Cola, I can basically patty up like 50,000 hamburgers, man. I'll feed the hungry. I'll fucking patty them up real fast, dude. I'll just grab a meat. I'll just patty, patty, patty. Then grill that shit, grill that shit. You don't gotta even get it that done. As long as it's just a little bit burnt on the outside, still raw in the middle. Fuck yeah, Comet Cola. I got bored with caffeine, moved to Huffington Paint, and then speed. Meth took my teeth, but Comicola turned my gums rock hard, so I can chew through anything, even handcuffs. I'm a working mom, and it's hard to keep up with these little tykes. A little bit of Comicola keeps me running circles around them. Plus, if I lock them in the closet, I can go back to smoking crack. I was a hard-working man on a construction site, busting my ass eight hours a day with the sweat of my brow. But thanks to Comicola, I was fired because I was integral in an accident that led to the deaths of over six workers. And now, I don't have to work anymore because I'm in state penitentiary. Thank you, Comicola. My name's, uh, Carl, and I, uh, like to murder things. And I used to only be able to murder one thing a night. But now with Comicola, I can murder four, five, six, workers, anything a night, and no one will ever find me. <laughs> my name's Dale, and I used to be an ordinary dish sponge until I was used to wash out a bottle of Comicola, and now I talk and have fully formed aspirations. I even have a job with a respectable 401k. Whoever knew that Com- Cola could do something like make me a dish sponge, a productive member of society. Here, take your check and get the fuck out. All right. Yeah. That was good endorsements. All right. Comic Cola. Thank you. Keep those checks rolling in. Them and uh, the uh, Jeff Bauer Foundation. Uh, we're going to. Oh, yeah. We're building a second tier onto the, uh, the, the Jeff Bauer Foundation. We're going to add, you know, uh, a second set of women's showers. I feel like the budget needs to really go there. Um, not, not a lot of girls are using it, but I feel like once Magic and Hash takes off, we really want those there for, for the ladies. What if we did a calendar of tasteful nudes? I've already worked up. <laughs> of, of Jeff Bauer. Oh, Jeff Bauer. I was going to say, I'm working on one right now myself. I have eight months filled out. I need a couple, couple hunky guys to fill out the rest of the calendar but this season tis the season look for look in your stockings Sid alright we should call John fuck yeah so uh, John said he has like an hour to record but I heard from him oh there he is welcome you've got John buenos dios hey John have you tried the new 
Jimmy Dean bowl with 24 different animals. You guys are fucking disgusting. <laughs> You're so disgusting. So good. I haven't pooped right in a week. It's amazing. Oh my god. You're you're awful. You're totally terrible. I don't know how you can eat that shit. Oh dude, the new one's awesome. Fundido del Lago. It's got like a bunch of different types of seafood. Oh you, oh my god. You never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> John, it's a sponsor. Please, can you say something encouraging about them? <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> manatee is not just the sea cow it's it's also ground chuck you can make anything you want with it we're gonna make crabby patties in real life okay quick story that may or may not be related to our new sponsor um so yeah y- y'all know about ceviche right oh yeah i heard aviche did die rest in peace moment of silence so wake me up Awesome, raw dude. fish and it's cooked and it's just it's not cooked it's like just satin like acidic shit right right yeah yeah you know it comes in a cocktail glass and looks like somebody vomited in it right okay so got these friends and they they've kind of got this funny thing about like they don't like to drive anywhere to you know meet people you know what i'm saying so they just uh you know you want to meet up for dinner you got to go somewhere in a two-hour radius in their house and their favorite place on planet earth to go is this ceviche place like that's all they do is ceviche and some other you know shitty seafood type stuff every single week this place is on the dirtiest restaurants list every single freaking week and they still go there like religion and i'm like oh my god the city is gonna have to run new sewer line to your house how do you still do this oh my god who goes to dinner two hours outside of their radius? Like, who tries half a day to go to dinner? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> of course they would. That sounds le- reasonable. I was like, why is he so angry with these people? I mean, if you're going to dinner to a place like Casa Bonita, maybe that'd be, like, worth a two-hour <laughs> drive. Well, Sid can testify that, like, a two-hour drive in San Antonio might literally be ten miles. Oh, man, dude, Texas is long. That's all I can Texas really say. It's very like, long. It's very yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. And and San right. Antonio in particular, there are days, like, from my house to downtown San Antonio, if there's no traffic, it'll take me 12 minutes. On an average day, it'll take 45 minutes. And if there's traffic, you're looking at three hours. Straight up. So I understand why people are like this. I understand, like, oh, I don't want to go downtown. Oh, I don't want to go out, you know, this... I, I get it, but... I really don't care unless it's on Morrow's Tumblr. Hello, everybody on my Tumblr! I took a picture of my sandwich this morning. It's pastrami on rye. <laughs> Dude, what was even worse was, like, riding the bus in San Antonio. So if I had to be oh, at work geez. at, yeah. like, 9 o'clock in the morning, then I needed to catch the bus around 4.30 <laughs> in order to get there on time. Oh. Catching a bus right after 4.20, Sid. Right. Yeah. Exactly, dude. That's that's what I do. Wake up at 4.20 in the morning, you know, turn my alarm clock, roll over, take a huge fucking bong hit, and then, you know, <laughs> get ready to go to catch the bus. Well, yeah, your flight was scheduled out of Colorado on at 4.20 p.m., and we oh my and God. you missed it. I dropped you off with plenty of time, and you, like, wandered around the airport. I did. I stood in. I stood in like three lines that I shouldn't have stood in. So when I got the security, I went to the line for people that have a membership to something called clear where like, I guess they vouch for you. They're like, nah, man, this guy ain't a terrorist. Let him on through. You he's know? Clear. And they're like, yeah, he's clear. But I would, I was not clear. I was uh, quite mucky, quite mucky indeed. <laughs> And so, uh, we, just out of curiosity, which airport is this? Is this Colorado Springs or is this uh, Denver? Yeah, yeah. Oh God, that place is such a. F- if you don't believe in the Illuminati before you've gone to DIA, you will after you've been to DIA. Yeah, there's all these like underground hidden tunnels with like markings on everything, and it's like yeah. Well, 
the most fucked up part is like you get into the lobbies and it's like gates one through 99 and there's only like 30 gates there and there's like five stories i swear to god this airport is five stories and there's only like two of them are occupied and it's just the weirdest place yes yeah, and we were on elevators and we went to like floor four floor three floor two and it, we're like there's nothing on this fucking floor. It's like a glass enclosure. You like could walk around on like a platform right there and that's it. You're like, what the fuck is, why do you even have an elevator to this? God damn it. It's like Narnia, man. Like if you believe in, if you believe in the room, then it's there. But if you don't believe in it, then it just like appears to be this glass box that you just stay in until you either starve or suffocate. And both... <laughs> You know, happen at an accelerator. <laughs> yeah. And even weirder for people who have never been there. Number one, this airport is nowhere close to Denver. I mean, it is in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's so far they have their own train that runs out. Right. There. You have to take two toll roads in any direction to get to it. Wow, that's weird. You have to pay two toll roads to get to any direction. It's fucking crazy. It's kind of like if you've ever flown into D.C., how there's actually airports in Maryland that are closer to D.C. than the D.C. airports. It's kind of like that in reverse. Every time somebody's like, yeah, hey, pick me up at the airport, you're like, ah, all right. <laughs> sure thing. And to top it all off, like, you get to the airport, you know, you drive the, what? A, what is it, Tim? I mean, it's seriously, like half an hour from the city to the airport. Yeah, 40 minutes. You drive out there and you're like, I am finally at the airport. No, motherfucker. After you check in, you have to get on this train that plays like some goddamn Oh Susanna or something like that to actually get to where the planes are, which is another 10-minute trip. Oh, no, they've definitely fucking sped the train up. Like, the train? I thought I was going to see somebody get bisected <laughs> trying to fucking catch the train before they left. But instead of getting bisected, the train doors, they opened, and then the train started talking shit to them. They're like, hey, you're holding up the train for everybody else, so why don't you get your little snowflake ass on the train so we can get to the planes already? And I was like, jeez, man. And then when I got to the gate and I'd missed my flight, um, the guy was like so pissed off at me. He was like way more upset that I missed my flight than I was, man. Like he was like, it's a, it's an airport in Denver. How many fucking stoners do you think walk up to the gate five minutes late every day? <laughs> He's probably pissed off because like, you know, they do that Illuminati shit where they like, they put everybody to sleep and then the body snatchers get your corpse and shit. And, and then you wake up and you don't know that you had an alien in you. So now he's got to go explain to the lizard people why this seat wasn't, was empty and, you know, why there's one less lizard person with a human host. Yeah, I think he was also pretty upset, too, because, like, the girl ahead of me that also missed her flight started crying. I actually met her in the baggage claim line. I wasn't or the baggage check line. I wasn't going to check my bags, but I just didn't know what the fuck to do. So I just found lines and stood in them until they told me where to go next. Until they told me where to go next. next. She was like really fucking upset and he was really upset, but I was all like, fuck yeah, I get to spend another afternoon in Denver, dude. So, <laughs> you know, like, meanwhile, Tim's already 20 minutes away from the airport and has to turn around. Oh no. He, yeah, he went to his parents' house already to, I think, pick up his kid or something. I'm like, nah, dude, we need to, we need to go back out and go to town Tim's like, motherfucker, dude. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what are you sorry about? Like, it's like everybody was way more upset about me missing my flight than I was, man. <laughs> Straight up. We were going to leave like a, another like half an hour, hour earlier than we did. And I was like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So I, it was like it was like an hour and 40 minutes instead of like two and a half hours, three hours or some shit like that. But DIA. Oh, you can't. That's too. It's no, hard no, to traverse no. through the the trains and then the underground railroad. And I just barely missed <laughs> it. If it hadn't have been for standing in the bag check line, even though I wasn't going to check my bags, and then standing in the boarding pass line, even though I'd already printed out my boarding passes on the computer, and then taking the elevator to the fucking crazy Narnia room until uh, whatever, yeah, and then also. Also standing in the line for the clear security line instead of the normal, you know, like unwhite privileged security line. 
Uh, I probably would have made it, dude, because I was only like three minutes. I was only three minutes late. You were set up to fail. I wasn't even three minutes late. I was seven minutes early, but they stopped boarding the plane 10 minutes before the actual departure time. So the plane was like still there, just sitting right outside the thing. They even had like the little tubes still going into it, but they were not letting my ass on. Yeah, they're just like waving at you, giving you the finger from the uh, cockpit. Your name's Sid Swami. They're like, yeah, everyone but him. The the pilot, he was like smoking a joint outside, dude. And I was like, hey, can I hit that? And he was like, yeah, man. And I was just like, so uh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, shit, I'm about to fly to Charlotte. And I'm like, oh, shit, you better hurry because I heard they're departing real soon. He's like, not with me, they're not. You know, right. I like DIA. And since they installed the nin- the Ninja Warrior training course in, in order to get your like baggage claimed it's really sped it up because i i can really like fly through it but i still get clogged up on the salmon ladder yeah the salmon ladder <laughs> is always the and, and the spider climb like the spider climb is fucking rough and that's that's part of the thing too like once again for people who've never been there or don't do a lot of air travel there's two pipes that two types of airports in this country <laughs> there's two types there's a t- <laughs> That were done before 9-11 and the type they're done after 9-11 and the ones after 9-11 it's like a goddamn you know tube it's like a hamster tube you go in one end you just go straight through everything's in a line right dia used to be some kind of big old open space fucking thing and they have just filled every inch of it with these human traps to run people through to try to comply with security and everything. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You you walk out there and there's a big open space, like John said, but there are like the like those little bars with the elastic bands to connect to another bar, another elastic band. So you're like in rows like cattle, just in this huge open space leading to one like metal detector. It's like and you enter and you enter on like the top floor, but then you have to go down to security, and then you go down even further. So I mean, you're just you're just so sol'd. And then when you actually get on the fucking airplane, or, uh, or when you actually get on the airplane, or as I like to call them, the fucking death tube, and you're just like sitting in there between like. A guy that passed out watching Blade Runner 2049 and some old lady that smells like cough drops. And, like, you don't have anywhere to put your elbows, so you just kind of, like, got to sit with your elbows in your lap in, like, the most uncomfortable position possible, dude. Is it me, or is every time you land, it feels like you're, like, a split second from this shit just, like... Turning sideways and flipping out like the like every time like I'm, I just imagine the pilot being so fucking tense and being like, thank God we made it. <laughs> like, that's how I feel in the back. Like, holy shit. This is scary. Nah, not the pilots that fly to Denver, man. They're all stone, dude. So they're all <laughs> chill. Pilots are so chill. They're they're so <laughs> chill, bro. Like I remember when he came over the loudspeaker, he was all like, hey, man, this is the captain. How y'all doing? All right. Well, we we're going to be. Uh, Sid's trip was comped by our new sponsor, Soul Plane Airlines. Dude, fucking Soul Plane was such a badass movie. Oh, such a good. Oh, and you know that, like, hot ass white chick in Soul Plane? Yeah. You know what she grew up to be? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there was this stupid uh series on nbc about some demon hunting and, or something like that and she amazingly enough grew up to be a hot ass white chick on that oh nice so she was like buffy the vampire slayer but not as good was she on grim no not on grim it, it was uh something texas was the name of the thing um, oh texas demon hunter with big boobs that was my favorite show <laughs> texas demon hunter with big boobs Whatever happened to the hot, like, Hispanic chick in that movie, dude? She was so Should we fine. throw an intro in here? Oh, man. Huh? No, what? yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We're for 50 episodes, folks. My eyes are red. I've been burning. I've been burning. The reason why my eyes are red. I've been Ha <laughs> ha!
<laughs> welcome to welcome to Eternal and Hash. My name's Tim. You might know me. Eternal. You might know me from the Magic and Hash Facebook group. Some random joke about chicks. And joining us from Castle Mexico, who do we have? Howdy, homies. It's uh, Sid P.S. Swami. The P.S. stands for popping a squat. And a man who said that John McCain's gonna die soon. John Holland. <laughs> he is gonna die soon, but I yeah, I feel like I have a lot of things to say about Eternal, but at the same time, like, I don't know enough of the names of the cards to actually talk about Eternal. Okay, but for, let's start out for those of us like me who have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. What is Eternal? It's a magic clone. It's what MTG Arena should be. It's like a video game. Is, is it on the PC? Is it on Android? Is it on, you know, what, what, what is? The yes. Answer? Yes. That, that is the answer to your question. Yes. It's on that. Yes. <laughs> you can run it on steam for free. If you have a Android device, you can, you can download it off your Android deal. So I can, it's an iPhone. I think it's on iPhones as well, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I linked my account to all my devices. So when I'm at break at work, I'm playing magic. It's fucking dope. Okay, now, uh, is it one of those, like, weird Chinese clone things where they're going to steal your identity and sell it to the CIA or whoever? Or is this, like, what is it from? So here's, it? here's the deal. It's made by Direwolf Digital, which is a computer game company based in Denver, Colorado. Smoke oh. weed every day. Smoke weed every day. Some people that work on the game are noted magic pros, even some Hall of Famers such as uh, Louis Scott Vargas, uh, Josh Utterlayton also worked on it, Matt Nass. Um, so you found out about this? Why aren't they permabanned yet? <laughs> right? It's a popular game, though. The game is very similar to Magic, but it's designed to be a video game. So the experience of playing it is a lot better than if you were to play something like MTG Arena or MTGO, because that's a game that's based on a paper card game that they've tried to kind of right. fit to a digital space. Like, for example, here's a cool thing you can do in Eternal. There's a mechanic called War Cry, and whenever one of your creatures attacks that has war cry the top creature or equipment of your deck gets a plus one plus one counter so when you draw it it's like all fat which is something you could never do in a game of magic there's also another card for three mana he's a one one but when he comes out he lowers the converted mana cost of all the creatures in your deck by one so how can you do that I guess you can. You can keep a tally of it, but it basically lowers it. So when you draw the card, it has the, the altered converted mana cost on it. Yes, it's a computer game. You don't actually draw a physical fucking card. It's not like the Take On Me video where you reach through and draw the goddamn card, Tim. I hear the people at home saying, but Sid, but Tim, we've heard this all before. We've heard it with Force of Will. We've heard it with Hearthstone. We've heard it with, you know, dozens and dozens. What makes Eternal separate? Well, because it's so much like magic. It's so the same. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's so much like magic. It's just a video. It's like optimized to be a video game. The, the most, the main differences are there are six colors. So, uh, you have <laughs> justice. It's called a color shortcake. Go ahead. Sid. <laughs> don't they have a council of colors? <laughs> so you have justice, which is green, but if it were in magic, it'd be white. You have, um, Fire, which is red and would be red, obviously. Yeah. You have shadow, which is purple and eternal, and it's sort of similar to black. Um, you have primal, which is blue and eternal, is somewhat similar to blue. Uh, you know, not so much in the control thing, but more in the like drawing cards and having flyers thing. And you have uh, time, which is yellow. And that is uh, green. I think I said all of them. Pretty sure. I don't know. I might have missed one. 
Okay, but, but, uh, let's, but let's get to the things that matter. How many transgender cards do they have? They're all transgender. That's what I love about it. Oh, okay. They're all like nice. yetis with a dick and a vagina or a mage with four dicks. That guy's my favorite. Uh-huh. He's pretty He's pretty good. One of my favorite ones is a minotaur that has two dicks, but instead of it being side by side, it's like belly to belly dicks. Is, is you know one of them mean? like. No, I don't know what you mean. What belly to belly dicks mean? They're, they're pointing at each other. Like they're, they're, tickling the, they're tickling the tips. You guys have small dicks. If I'm belly to belly with somebody else, our dicks are jammed and wrapped around each other. It's, our ankles are hurting. No, I mean like. Not, the not bottom like, of your like dick, like on when you have a heart on the bottom of the dick where it's still squishy, you know, like on the bottom. <laughs> that's that's what I mean by the belly. So uh, this minotaur, the bellies are facing each other, so it's perfect for DP. Sounds good. DP is uh, it's diamond primal, which is uh, another uh, thing that is like eternal, probably. I don't know. All right, so another thing that makes it good, though, John, is that draft is is pretty uh, pretty easy to do. It's not expensive to like keep drafting. You can earn points to draft again, but it takes a while. So I just put in like five or ten bucks and draft a couple times. But the game experience, the best parts of Magic, are there in like fifteen minute spurts. You can just pick it up, load it up on your phone, play a few times. Yeah, kind of like Hearthstone, right? another thing that we should ask because you know how much like magic is it kind of expect to drop a few thousand dollars and still have a shit tier deck that's not competitive all right so there are basically like four top tier decks right now and if you if you basically spend ten dollars on a campaign and then ten dollars on another campaign you'll have all the cards you need pretty much you have to dust some of your other cards yeah kind of like hearthstone right but there are three active campaigns if you spend thirty dollars on top of you know, the actual game, you can build any deck pretty much. And you have like the top tier decks and shit like that. But it's so, a grind to get like a, a top tier deck. Like I've been playing for a couple of months, but because I didn't have the money to invest to spend on two campaigns, I only I don't have a top tier deck. I have like maybe a tier two or tier three deck, but it's still like a really strong and competitive deck and it's still capable of beating tier one decks. It just suffers from like consistency problems. All right. That happened one time, Sid, first of all, and I I've gotten it up every time since then. And you I've beaten you every every time since then. But it, it was consistent. Tim has beaten me at Eternal a lot, but it's only because he's getting his wins back from all those times we played MTGO and he never won. Okay, so it it plays like Magic the Gathering, kind of the uh, card collection dusting thing is kind of like Hearthstone. Uh, any, any other shout outs you'd like to give? And they are not sponsoring us yet, but they should give us a call. Um, no, I think that that about covers it. I want to give a shout out to the car whirling duo because there's a chick on it with guns who's got really big knockers and red hair and she's hot. But how big is her dick? She only has one dick, but. Wow. Sad. I know. It was kind of disappointing. Do do they have a Tumblr that I can complain to about that? Sure. Big boobs, one dick at. (laughs) Big boobs, McGee at at (laughs) hotmail.com. Texas, Texas Demon Hunter with big boobs at hotmail.com. All right, I think my favorite, <laughs> my favorite archetype to draft Sid is the red blue, which is like the Yeti small fast aggro version. And then blue, you can like tap things down, lock them down, draw more shit, and and then it just kind of supplements the the little Yetis because they're in blue and red, so it's pretty convenient. I think I've had the best luck with Hura, Horu, which is uh, Justice and Primal. So it's green-blue, but I guess in Magic, you'd call it blue-white flyers. It's just got, like, you know, good flyers and some pretty decent removal. So I'm all about that shit. Yeah, the Valkyries are, like, the green soldiers that are flying, and they're also in purple, too. So, I mean, a lot of the... The archetypes will share the the common creatures or whatever. I like the Grenadins, which are I kind of get like the goblins, but they're in red too. So there's like one that spits out another guy right for for one. So you get like two one ones for one mana. In Magic, that card would be so good. 
Do they have a card like that? I don't think so, man. Yeah, you're What's talking he about he enters and he spits out two goblins. No, he just spits out another guy. No, he's he's a he's a one one Grenadin and he brings a one one Grenadin with him and he only costs uh one red, you know, or sorry, just red. He like the way that this game works is like you have basically and you don't have to worry about like your colored mana so much as long as you have the influence. So if your card says that you need five uh, mana to play it, but you need like two of the red fire influence in order to play it, all you have to do, like um, you could play theoretically like as many of those as you needed to, despite how many sigils you played, which are kind of similar to lands. I don't know. The mana base, the mana base system of it is actually way fucking better than magic. No, no, I get, I get what you're saying. It's like not mana, but it's, it's like in hearthstone where you get the, (sighs) it's probably my favorite thing. It sounds so much similar. The influence thing is like, basically if I have one blue influence, I can cast three blue cards with one influence in the whatever. It doesn't matter. It's Hearthstone, Tim. It's fucking Hearthstone. How I I have four total mana, and then I have, you know, this inf- I have two influence of red, one influence blue, and one influence of yellow or whatever. I can cast as many blue cards as I want, even though I only have a little bit of blue influence, because yeah, kind of like Hearthstone, right? It's like as as long as I hit that cap. Then it's like boom! I can hit. I can cast a card with one blue influence. Now I can cast another card with one blue influence. And every time you cast a card, your influence kind of, I guess, resets. But your mana will go down. So your 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 it's your power will say four, and it'll go to you know three of four, and then it'll go two of four, one of four, or whatever. Yeah, kind of like Hearthstone, right? But then your influence always stays the same. Like you always have two red influence, one blue influence, whatever. It seems like no matter how long I play Magic, I always inevitably end up making that mistake where I just tap my fucking colors wrong and I like meant to cast like a double white card and another card and I'll tap all my white mana out on the first card and won't save the other so I can do my double white. And it's like, you don't ever have to worry about doing that in Eternal. And like that makes me feel so much better at playing Eternal than I do at playing Magic. When you're playing a two-color deck and say your land's screwed and you have all these like white cards in your hand and then finally you get that one white, you're like, now I can be like, drop my whole hand because I have like 10 mana, but I hit that white barrier. Now I can be like, drop this white card, white card, white card, white card, go. Whereas in, in Magic, you'd be like, I have to do them one at a time like a fucking asshole. <laughs> Okay. That's yeah, that's exactly like so that's like the fact that it's a video game, like the only downside to Eternal is like we'll never well, I guess I should never say never, but it'd be really hard to play it like in paper form. It's always gonna be just a video game. Probably they'll never make like a paper eternal deck and there'll never be like a paper eternal tournament. Though I do think that if the game does get enough popularity, they'll start doing like an esports thing with it. And I kind of want to be on like the ground floor of that shit, man. Yeah, it's cool. And I like when when uh, the cards change zones, they keep their stats. So basically, if you give something like plus two counters and it dies, it's sitting in the graveyard as a five five or whatever. If you can bring it back and recast it. You know, like some things you'll get plus two plus two when you when you summon it, and then you can go, put it back in your hand and summon it again, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's fucking dope. So like I remember, hand, it gets bigger. And- yeah, because anytime it changes zone, it still keeps its stats, unless it says till the end of turn. There's a card called Dark Return, and it's basically raise dead, but it gives the uh, card plus one plus one when you draw it from your grave. You know, so it comes back a little bit stronger. Um, there's a mechanic called echo and basically when you draw a card with echo, you get another copy of it into your hand. And I just remember the first time I ever cast dark return on a card with echo and I got like fucking two, two for the price of one. I felt like I had just fucking like, I don't know, solved Hellraiser's puzzle box or something. I felt like a. I felt like I fucking cracked the Da Vinci code or some shit. Dude. All I, the felt value. Like, I felt like a genius, bro. It was fucking awesome feeling. Oh my god. 
<laughs> he just stumbled into being a genius. Like, holy shit. I'm like, I fucking crashed the Da Vinci Code, bro. Like, I just fucking like a who discovered the wheel when he saw a rock go tumble on the side of the hill. Your opponent's like, the, the, you're the only one target, asshole. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And then, no, we had, and then there was the other time when we were in Colorado playing it. Well, you're always in Colorado, but when I was in Colorado, we were playing and we had that fairy that you could discard the card out of your hand, right? And you would draw a card from your deck that cost one more from it. So we had this card that basically would let you search up two lands, but if it's discarded, you play it. And I remember I was like attacking and then I discarded that card and I got those two lands in my hand. I'm like, oh shit, I just did something awesome, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then the guy like went right onto the battlefield and I was like, holy fuck combo. And like, we. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it could just be because we were really stoned. We get really stoned and play it. But oh, I don't know, that game, like, when you're discovering how to play it, it's so fucking cool, man. Okay, no, I will say that we talk about this all the time, because discovering how to play magic is just punishment. It is one of the worst parts of magic. I mean, there is, there's, like, this community attitude about making you feel like shit for not doing, you know, quote, correct play, right? Yeah. This is opposite. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. That's the exact opposite. Because you can only say eight things to your opponent. You can't even say anything mean. All you can say is like curses. Or when they fuck up, you can be like, nice job. And be like an asshole. But it's like. It's like Hearthstone. But, yeah. but there's, there's, there's no like, you know, like, how do these lands work? You know, how, what's a mana pool? You know, all this, you know, shit that it takes some time to figure out. And you have to have somebody like sitting there smacking you on the back of the head to, until you get it. No, the, all your cards that you can actually play are glowing. Um, it's like, play land, or, or sigil's glowing, like blue, bright blue. You're like, all right, I guess I have to play this. Or like whenever you play something and it like it's like spark, so after you do damage to an opponent, then it, it'll do something else. All the cards with spark in your hand will like glow a different color, so it's like, hey, idiot. Right. This is now active. <laughs> or like a bond, like if a card that says bond, it's like costs eight mana. But if you have like another dinosaur, you can tap that dinosaur and its power counts towards its converted mana cost. So it only costs like four and you like play it. But it's like whenever that bond is active, that card is like glowing bright as fuck. You're like, all right, now I can bond him out. It's like, hey, dude, bond this shit. You can fucking cheat this shit out. Speaking of bond, have you gotten this card yet? Um I forget her name because I'm still shitty with the names, but she costs six. You need two shadow influence. And How big are the titties? And she does minus two, minus one to their guys, and she gets plus two, plus one. Yes. Yes. And she has bond with fucking unseen. Oh, my God. dude, She's brutal. Sick. Oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> it's cost four, and she's basically like minus two, minus one permanently on that creature, and she gets the plus two, plus one, and she just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and she's already a brick shit house when she comes out with deadly. <laughs> she's got she's got like death touch pretty much. It's called deadly in this, but she's just a fucking – it's hard to deal with that shit because she just starts – killing off your shit and she's like a 12 15 i'm like you're like fuck so so this is very much a game for people who have already played card games yeah yes yeah i would recommend it i definitely wouldn't even recommend it as an introduction to collectible card games like you would probably want to start off with hearthstone and then move up to eternal because gotcha. it's yeah. so much like magic it's really fucking complex dude like it's it's way more complex than hearthstone but I mean, it's even more complex than magic in some ways at first, but it's like if you have a pretty good um, feeling of like how a magic game plays out, then you kind of have some instincts that'll help you get through the early right, parts yeah. of Eternal until you actually like master the game. Dude, they so ripped off so much shit from Magic, and then they even have like the the strategy thing where it's like you can go in there and solve the puzzles, like win the game this turn. Yeah, you know, it's just like duels. It's such a but it's better. It's way better than fucking. Duels. Well, you know what? It is. You know what the real bad news about this is? Now they're gonna have to stop all their fucking work on uh, on the new MTG shit and scrap it to try to catch up yet again, just like they did when fucking Hearthstone came out. 
Eternal, there's no really secondary market because there's no real trading. Everyone, once you have four of a, a certain card, you just start dusting the rest of that card. Well, yeah. What I'm talking about is remember how, uh, you know, it was all this like, oh, the old MTGO client and we're moving into this new one. And then Hearthstone came out and it was like, fuck it. We got to start all over again because we have no idea what the fuck we're doing. And people might actually want to do things like know what card to play or tap for mana or any of that shit that everybody else but them can figure out. I think I think people are too hung up on all the past decks and cards of magic and nostalgia and this and that and it's hard for them to ever move into that digital game where they can change things on the whim and change stats of a card if it's if it's performing too well or this or that yeah kind of like hearthstone right people play magic because they want to play their modern deck or they want to play this fucking or that so it's like magic will never be this it'll never be this yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, so that's another cool thing about this game is that a card, if it is dominant, it'll never be banned because they can just update the game and nerf the card. There's a card called Vara. Um, it's like one of the first cards you get in the tutorial campaign. It costs eight, but you have to have three shadow influence. And it says uh, whenever, well, what it used to say is whenever you cast her, or any other shadow creature, you return a shadow creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. But that turned out to be kind of too good because there were ways that you could like reanimate her basically. So Mm -hmm. they made it to where you had to have her on the battlefield and then play another shadow creature in order to get a shadow creature back from your graveyard. So they're able to nerf things when they find out they're ridiculous rather than outright banning. Mm-hmm. Now, now also, because I know there's people that care about this shit out there. Is there any kind of like story to this or is it just straight card game? I usually skip through all the storyline. Cause I just want to build the, be- the sweet deck to beat Sid with, but <laughs> it well, looks cool. There's cool art and shit. So the campaign that I played, I, I paid, I, they got my 10 bucks. I'm not going to lie. And I don't regret it either. Like it was worth it, but I got to play the dead reckoning campaign. And basically like it's, it's a really dramatic and kind of cool. Like I don't want to spoil anything for anybody that hasn't played it, but basically like you're somewhat of a rogue that's been living out in the, you know, uh, wilderness being away from everything. But you find out that like one of your close friends has gone mad with power and basically like killed everybody in his town that he was supposed to protect in order to save his own skin. And he's been, you're like, he's like the narrator, but you don't become him until like the third act, which I thought that was really cool. That whole, like, bada boom because he's like narrating and you're like this other character yeah you know it's a cool one i like i'm that sure one. in the jack's in the jack's bounty campaign you probably play as jack as well the character we're talking about is jack he looks fucking cool as shit he's like a super jack dude that is basically like a cowboy but instead of a cowboy hat he's got a wizard hat and like the game's oh, design is really you're not fucking cool. said no nah, like Wizards are called gunslingers, kind of, but they're like, they actually have guns and they fucking. Ah, guns in a child's card game! <laughs> oh no, this isn't for children. This is this is for grown men. Here's another thing, too. I don't think that Eternal is insisting too much on being uh, a game for young people because it does have like foul language in it. Like, you know, like they say damn or hell and stuff like that. And like, you, the cards are violent, man. They're like pointing guns at each other's heads and shit. And like, yeah, the cockmonger is my favorite card. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just, oh Jesus! I think they're talking about roosters. I don't know, but uh, okay. well, anything else anybody wants to say about Eternal? It's fun. It's fun. Okay, I love it, and haven't played any uh, digital form of Magic since I started getting into it. Oh my god, there's like 10 million games that are Hearthstone clones. Why the fuck did you guys latch on to this one? Jesus fucking, ugh. Sorry, the last episode of Magic and Hash has been late. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because of Eternal. <laughs> so, 
we, so we, like, we shot all these funny videos while I was in Colorado and like they have gotten zero work done on them because of Eternal. Because <laughs> me and Tim, instead of fucking editing, are just like battling each other in Eternal. <laughs> so so what a great transition. Cough, cough. So what how how are your impressions? Anything about Dorma Mundamania since it's been out for oh close to a month now, right? Oh, um, yeah, Magic. So, I haven't played that much Magic since the pre-release, but I have been keeping track of it, and it seems like everybody has had a really positive uh, experience with Dominaria so far, which I can't remember the last time people were, like, actually happy about what was going on in Magic. So this, I guess that's pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of cards are really driving up prices, in, even in older formats. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, that Karn is like, what? It's it's on the precipice of like, what, 60, 70 bucks somewhere in there? Yeah, I cracked one at pre-release, um, but I had forgot that I couldn't bring weed on the airplane. And... Uh, I needed to smoke the rest of what I had left, so I actually used... Yeah, I used the Karn for rolling <laughs> papers. <laughs> I love it. We actually have video of it. I'll edit it and get it out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you get like, a break from this shit. <laughs> Hold on, I'm drafting. Hold on, quiet guys. But you know how magic cards, they're like a bunch of uh, pieces of paper basically pressed together. I was able to rip several layers, so I was able to roll probably about uh, four or five fatties from that carn, so I got my money's worth. Somebody with autism is listening to this and just screaming. If you thought flip it and rip it was bad. Look at those blue cord joints. Those are good. Well, ripping magic cards for no reason is fucking stupid. This is... I actually, like, put this card to probably better use than it ever would have done being played (laughs) as a fucking playing card. Like, seriously, what could be more important than getting baked at the airport? Getting a bag of weed, said, for 60 bucks. Oh, my God. (laughs) First of all, nobody is going to give me $60 for that card, dude. I'm not a fucking uh, game store. We have what you're looking for. On sale now, a card for $84. Come play Commander in real time. Non-competitive magic only at Sid's Game Store. You'll not only pay a little more, but you'll get a little less. I'm just a regular dude, so I'll go down to the game store and they'll give me like $35 if I blow somebody. But they'll probably be like, oh, I can tell you played with it. There's like a little crease in the corner. Here's 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah. And uh, kind of drafting off of that, uh, how about those them Minotaurs? Them Minotaurs. So I noticed that um, you could actually get those Minotaurs on Magic Arena, mm-hmm. which... Leads me to believe that they're probably going to do Brawl on there eventually. I think the reason they they came out, I think the reason that Wizards got so behind Brawl is because it's a format that they can put on MTG Arena. And I don't know, I guess like technically you can play the Fire Song and Sunspeaker. You can play that in standard. It's standard legal, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's yeah, it is standard legal. The the card that you get for the buy box promo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's standard legal. I mean, it's kind of a shit card to play in standard. But the reason why they yeah, did no, you wouldn't brawl. play that in standard. But I think it could be an interesting brawl card. Okay, the entire motivation behind this brawl thing is because standard has been so horrible. They need more reasons to get people into the stores, you know. And pri- let's be honest, right now brawl is a freaking one set format with the addition of uh, chief of compliance. Yeah. Well. No, because I've heard that uh, a Depala pilot exemplar deck using a lot of the cards from Kaladesh is pretty good in uh, Brawl. I don't know. I haven't played Brawl yet, but this is just going off of like, you know, what I read on Twitter, or Facebook. Is Brawl like Forge and Eternal Sid? I don't know what, what, what 
Brawl is. Um, Brawl would be more like there can be only one that event that it's they're stand- doing on Eternal right now. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, yeah. it's standard okay. commander, goddammit. That's what it is. There can only be one. Yeah, there can only be one. It's like that. Makes sense. Yeah. Hey, by the way, are you going to play in that? There can only be one. I don't really know what kind of deck to build for it. So talk, I think I'm going to talk in this moon person language. <laughs> hey, how do you think I felt two episodes back when y'all were talking about altered carbon? I was like, what the you fuck? Mean the last six episodes. Right. John, did you finish altered carbon? Uh, not yet. Not there yet. was a really cool fight scene with a naked, yeah, naked robots. It said, really "Why cool. don't you just?" It's in the Dropbox, man. Why haven't you watched it yet? Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna when I hit right-click download. Files done. They said I didn't have enough space because of all of my Eternal-related <laughs> files. On the- You've got pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you need to talk to John about Gummo. I'm about to release an episode where you trash it. Ooh. Oh no, oh, my John. Oh. Oh, yes. John, why do you like that movie? What Are the you fuck fucking... Okay, well, you? let me throw it back at you. Why don't you like that movie? Well, first of all, it really made no fucking sense. I had to read a synopsis of it to even understand really what was going on. I, well, like, so this is not a good movie to watch while high. Right. All right, so it's about kids who kill cats. No, it's... <sighs> Well, it's not so much like the main plot line is the two kids that are killing the cats, but it's basically about this town that got fucking ravaged by a tornado and just like the ratchet people that were like too poor to move out of town and like start their life again. They're basically left in this like post-apocalyptic wasteland of a town that's, you know, basically in your backyard. Uh yeah, that's actually a pretty good synopsis, Sid. I, I like that one. Garbage town, we call it. Well, well it's I'm... not that it's a garbage town. It's probably a perfectly fine town. But when it got fucking wrecked, all the, like, Gentile people moved out and all that was left is the fucking garbage people. And they all started, like, incestuously banging. And now it's just, well, like... I don't, I don't even know that it's, like... <laughs> It's not like that people moved away or anything. It's just, you know, a small town out there in Ohio, you know, where there's, you know, not a lot of jobs and not a lot to do. And, uh, you know, this tornado hits and obviously that's not going to make things better. So, you know, you've got these fucking people where, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, let's say a tornado hit your house. Right. And you just like picked all the shit out of the wreckage that you could and you move somewhere else. And you just like put all the wreckage in your fucking basement and the place is all full of cockroaches and shit because it's like one of the only places left that you can, you know, live in whether you want to or not. You know, just that kind of that kind of vibe of like, well, when you don't have any options, this is kind of what happens. You're you're making this movie sound way cooler or thought out more thought out than it was. That's that's what he does, man. Like he actually tricked me into fucking watching it. It's I felt pretty movie. fucking bamboozled. No, because I watched the whole fucking thing, dude. Like, if it hadn't have been for John Holland, I would have fucking turned that shit off. Probably at the tap dancing scene. I'd be like, all right, this is fucking like, this is stupid. This movie is pretty early. John, what about when his mom's shampooing his hair and kids eating spaghetti in the bathtub? Oh, that's one of the best scenes. What is going on there? Okay, Tim. That's Tim. the fucking climax of the movie, too. That's <laughs> that the crazy thing. Like, it's the fucking it guy the getting movie. shampooed and eating spaghetti, man. Okay, Tim, you have a kid, right? Yeah, I do shampoo her hair while she eats spaghetti in the bathtub, but it's simply a different... <laughs> you look anybody in the eye and say that you have never had to do something where somebody just, like, walked in, no context whatsoever, that's any less fucked up than shampooing a kid's hair while they're eating spaghetti in the tub, just because of reasons. Yeah, I, it's a pretty bold statement there. I mean, shampooing some kids' hair was just eating, eating dinner in the tub. But okay. that's different. That's real life. This is a movie. It's meant to be entertaining, <laughs> but it's totally not. The only what? redeeming quality of that movie was it did have some pretty fucking cool 90s metal music in it, like oh, Cannibal Corpse and fucking uh, The Sword and shit like that. That was pretty cool. There's one more at least you would see it as a redeeming thing. Come on, at least one more thing. What? Oh, Chloe Sevigny's titties? Oh, um, sure. Uh, 
Was she the chick with Down syndrome? No! She's the one where, like, they put the electric tape on their titties and they're ripping it off and stuff. Oh, yeah! And, like, it was the to make their nipples. And they're, like, walking along, yeah. and, like, the dude's like, it's nothing new for trash like you. <laughs> right. Yeah, the fucking old perverted guy. That's right. That's right. Come on, oh, tell shit. me that wasn't a winner. That's a winner of a scene right there. Okay, you know what, though? That's not even my favorite scene. My favorite scene is when they fucking pull the old lady off life support. Oh, yeah, that's pretty fucked. My like, favorite is the fucked up, like, old-ass albino lady that has, like, the, the hoopty-mobile, and she's dancing. Yeah, yeah dude. And she's, like, she's talking about how she's, like, trying to get a man or whatever, yep. but she's, like, very picky. What, was she a nurse? Or, like... <sighs> Remember. Did she work at a diner? She had some kind of uniform on. Yeah, she's got on like a outfit like that. I yeah. guess she was pretty cool. And the Down Syndrome people were like real people with Down Syndrome. So I guess that's like an authentic thing. But I don't know. I was I was very upset by the also, guy pimping out his Down Syndrome sister or niece or whoever that was. Yeah. And also, Sid Swami, tell me that you have never been with an honest straight face in front of God and all of our listeners. Tell me you have never been at a house party like the one where the guy's wrestling a chair. Uh, damn it, I forgot about that scene. Actually, I kind of like that scene too See, because yeah, better the more I talk. I have about, right? I have been at a party like that before where it wasn't a chair. We fucking beat the shit out of a table. See? God, did. it's terrible. Don't fact, do this. Don't do this. Our listeners are going to see this movie now. It's terrible. Uh, people are going to watch this movie and they're going to fucking unsubscribe. I just hope to fuck Jeff Bauer doesn't see No, 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 no. no. <laughs> because as much as you want to lo- look away, you know people like the people in this movie. You know, maybe not all at once or anything like that, but you know people who are like this. You might even be one of those people and you recognize yourself in it. And that's what makes it so incredible. No, there's several movies that you don't you don't want to see, but then you end up seeing and you're like, I don't want to ever see those movies again. Requiem for a Dream, The Centipede, The Centipede 2, The Centipede 3, The Centipede 4. I don't know why I saw them all. <laughs> it's because you had your mouth sewn to somebody's ass and they had like one of those little uh dvd things playing the centipede in front of you so you had to watch it have you guys seen the centipede movies oh wait 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 wait! we're not we're not done with gummo quite yet my friend because okay. oh, okay. uh, yeah. I, I feel like sid's coming around on this but tim tim what is your issue with gummo <sighs> the kid is ugly yeah the kid is super ugly he's he's probably got alcohol syndrome no bones about it I don't think it's worth making writing a story about. Well, okay, I'll I'll challenge you on that because you know this is the kind of story that's actually happening out there. You know, like even like Requiem for a Dream. I mean, that's some bullshit because there's nobody out there that kind of follows. I mean, the tail end, yeah, but like, oh, I'm you know fucking this incredibly hot chick, you know, who's into fashion design, and oh, whoops, we just happened to you know fall down the heroin thing. That shit doesn't happen. I mean, this is real. This is probably as close to real as it gets. All right, you win, John. It's a movie that I will still never see again because I'm gonna stick by my laurels. Amazon. The movie was super realistic, despite the fact that it was fucking boring as shit. Um, One thing that I do have to say, like in summation for Gummo, is that I really hope that that bunny ears kid got laid by those chicks on that trampoline while it was raining. Oh yeah. Things were getting pretty heavy, but I don't know if there was actual uh, D in the V because they didn't actually show that scene far enough. But I'm really hoping because that guy went through some seriously fucked up shit and he's actually pretty fucking good at playing the accordion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The scene where like he's in the junkyard and the kids that are dressed up like uh, cowboys or whatever start killing him. That's another great scene. And he he goes completely <laughs> fucking dead, dude. Like, yeah, I those know. Kids, like... Those kids were doing all types of fucked up shit to him, and he was yeah. like, no selling it. Totally, man. Yeah, and he's like on the highway overpass, like shivering and shit and stuff. Oh, this. I don't know how Tim doesn't like this movie. It's amazing. You know, when I watched that movie, I almost thought, I was like, man, John's probably never actually watched this movie. And he's just like... <laughs> He's probably just telling us to watch it, so just we'll be it. like fucking trolled, and then he'll be like, "I can't believe you watched that shit." But now, like, 
I know that you've watched it and you've probably even watched it multiple times. And it's just like, it's like now it's I've got to go fucking watch it again. So like I can appreciate it like you did, John Holland. Oh, yeah. So you've actually <laughs> sold me on watching Gummo again because I feel like I didn't give it a fair chance. The first, You know, time. like Saturday afternoon and you're just like cleaning the house or something. And you need something in the background. It's one of those movies I'll just put on, you know, dip in and dip That's out. That's just like Centipede for me. You know, just get a couple scenes in <laughs> before work. <laughs> oh my god well we've managed to do it again we've managed to blow an entire freaking hour talking about uh christ i don't even want to think about what we eternal, were talking about john the best game eternal. ever eternal and go yeah. okay uh well like i gotta wrap it up all right thanks for joining us everybody so if you guys didn't see the centipede movies at all I think I've seen one. The of them. second one is terrible. It's it's just like they try to push the envelope to be even grosser and more fucked up. In one scene, one of the girls like escapes and like he cracks her in the head with a hammer and she's like she was like pregnant and like all fucking like half retarded as she's trying to get in her car because she's all fucked up. And uh, he like jumps on the hood of the car. She slams on the brakes. The baby comes out of her uterus and then she like slams on the gas trying to go, but the baby is stuck under the gas pedal. So she's crushing the skull of her own baby fetus coming out of her because she's all fucked up. And he goes in and just kills her in their fucking car. What in the actual fuck? I can't believe that. Uh, right. That's going to look like Citizen Kane. Come right. on. It's like a movie uh, made just to be like the grossest, most fucked up thing you've ever seen. I would rather fucking watch like a. Uh, a serialized fucking eight season series of gummo than fucking watch that. (laughs) (laughs) Centipede one is about a guy who kidnaps people. He kidnaps three people. Everybody knows the centipede nodes needs no explanation. It's oh my God. It was so disgusting. Did you ever see? Oh my God. No, I'm never going to fucking watch that. It's it's also one of those things where now, all you have to do is tell people the premise, and you've seen the entire movie. Nobody's going to watch the entire fucking movie once they're like, yeah, it's three people sewn together ass to mouth. That's it. That's it. Oh, but then End they the start story. deteriorating. Like the one guy in the back just starts dying off because he's not getting good nutrients. He just and spent it's just 10 like, minutes fucking ragging on Gummo, and he's going into the, like why you would spend an entire hour watching The Centipede. No, he wants you to watch the entire fu- – did Gummo ever have any sequels? Because I would probably rather watch. You know what? I'd rather star in a fucking Gummo sequel than watch a fucking Human Centipede not, movie. But you know what? It is actually in a bunch of other movies, like in the background yeah, and, and, shit and music videos. But John, yeah, like I will put it. I'll put um, Centipede Two. That's your homework for next episode. No. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. <laughs> the, the Dropbox password is eternal. <laughs> <laughs> it is man everything is, eternal. is download eternal, eternal is everything. you're gonna be hooked okay any, anyway I'll, I'll play tim right now so tim where can we find you all right you can always find me at the local um fucking drunk tank on fridays and saturday nights and then i pick up my daughter on sundays so everything's good sid what are you doing i'm fucking playing eternal what are you doing Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Eternal. My name's Swami with a capital S. Uh, it's so badass. Also, all the good handles aren't taken on Eternal oh, yet. That's so that's a thing. You can pretty much get any handle you want. Uh, yeah, so find me on there. And the Magic and Hash Facebook group, I'll be posting them fucking dank memes. Yep, sorry. I'm Magic and Hash on Eternal. John, what do you want Eternal? Uh, I am... Uh, XX Weed Lord Sephiroth 420. <laughs> I was going to take that one first, but it was the take, and I was like, that's so weird. Oh, that's, that's the same as my Call of Duty handle. <laughs> you, yeah, you can you can find me at the uh, junkyard out in Ohio harassing a kid in a bunny outfit. Oh, worst movie ever. All right. Oh, oh. You guys. Okay, I'm going to go fucking smoke some more white rhino. Good night, y'all. <laughs> Good night. Hit us up at magicandhash at gmail.com with all your inquiries. Magic underscore Timmy on Twitter, Tim Kempter on Facebook. Hit any of us up, we'll add you to our Facebook group. Thanks for getting blissed with us. Peace out. Hey, hey, muddy fucking waters mixtape, man. I'm high as a bitch up in this motherfucker. I need a beat. I need a fucking beat. I don't need no turn up beat. I need some elements, some hip hop. Let's get back to some elements and shit, yeah. Josh, I like that, man. You like that, man? Let's turn that shit up, man. Yeah. Lyrical wordplay for y'all. 
spit on this one, man. This is how real MCs do it, you know. Yeah, I like this shit a lot, man. Done Fiato. Rome, New York, we in the building. Check it out. Yo, when I hit the bong, I'm Godzilla taking over Hong Kong. Eating Wong Tong with a shotgun and long johns. It's not unsung. No story here to tell. I'm just ready. I'm a student before the school bell to propel my wordplay. Thursday, boy, I bust off three Ks on Martin Luther King's birthday. Birthday college for $20. If I got it, smoke here and quiet my knowledge. A little psychotic, I know. Rate me, I'm Michael Jordan in the final four. Fighting with Wayne Gretzky. I'm not relevant. Let's see. Who's spitting? Some of y'all Coke and Pepsi. I can't tell the Difference. I'm Daryl when I'm pitching. Before the white girl had him twitching. Not a rap game in my kitchen. Easy pickings. Rebel would have calls my mind. It's like fuck with mine. I put your mind on the wall. I'm on tour getting bread and tattoos. And your job is giving tic tacs and bathrooms. I hate gossip. I mash up your media mosh pit. Release a bad boom in a chat room. My weed bags are vacuum to smuggle. Off of one blunt, a bitch gon' fuck you. Chicks T vote the meatloaf. When I hit they belly, doc dropping all dimes. Rico. Precautions, I got a Paul Bearer that Bill Coffins for all rappers and nonsense. Nonchalantly, I'm thinking darker than a convict conscious. That's why I'm sweating in the armpits. That's where the bomb is. The gang rate in my city is like the 80s where Kendrick Lamar lived. I got a harvest of purple at my apartment. Across the park, I sell pounds to Cartman. I think like an orphan, I'm in a zone, but it's freestyle, so these words might need a home. Executive neck, I demand respect. Check, don't even talk to me or text the wrong tone, okay? Stay at bay, mm. Mandalay. When I write out pull pins from these hand grenades, you could be amazed to hate it. But either way, I get it heated like Kanye and Sway. I'm done with it. I have fun with it. Stay back and tell your girl, come get it. She had Mr. Right, now she want Mr. Wrong. Now she swing along like Serena Arms. 